Well, I need new tires for my car. Does anyone else need new tires? I feel like that's one of those things that I never like budget for, but I know it's coming, right? Every, I don't know, few years I need them. And I could set aside like $17 a month and by the time I need tires, but you don't do that. And, and so I know it's getting worse because every time I get my oil changed, like when they say I need new tires, it's like a little bit more extreme. Like, like eight months ago, they were like, it'd be good for you to get tires this year. And then like a few months ago, they said, yeah, you're going to want to get tires soon. And then the last time they're like, get tires or you're going to die. So like, it, it just keeps getting worse. And I know, and I say, I, I try to hold off till Black Friday because there's always these Black Friday tire sales. I don't know if I'll make it, but we will see. Tires are one of those things that you know you need to fix and, and you know it's coming, right? But the worst kind of car problems are the ones that you don't see coming. And we've all experienced that before where you're driving down the road and you have no idea that you're minutes away from something happening to your car that might cost hundreds or thousands of dollars or maybe your car's about to have a funeral and you don't even realize it and you're gonna have to get a new car, right? That's a horrible feeling. The first time that happened to me was when I was 16 years old and I was brand new driving. Uh, I had a 96 Nissan Altima and I had to earn that thing. My dad said I had to get straight A's for a year before I could get that. And, uh, and it was like $3,500. And it was awesome. I loved that thing because it meant freedom. And so I was driving to school one morning. And uh, I, I hear a pop under my hood, which that's not a good thing. Like, when you're making popcorn, popping is a good thing. When you're driving a car, it's never a good thing. And then smoke starts to come out of the hood. And I think, well, this is not the ideal driving experience. So I pull over to the side of the road and I pop the hood. And I don't know anything about cars, so I don't know what I expected to do during that moment. But I look at a smoking engine. It's not like I can say, oh, that's the timing belt. I just look at it and I say, yep, that is smoking right now. I need to call someone else that knows what to do. So I call my dad and I said, dad, my... my car is dying, and I don't know why. I didn't even know he was sick. He didn't communicate that with me. And he said, so uh, call a tow truck and take it to, uh, we had like a friend who was a mechanic, and he fixed cars out of his home. And so towed there, didn't know what the problem was. My dad said, I'll pick you up, and I'll take you to school. I'm like, Dad, it's already been a traumatic day. I probably just need to take the week off. And he said, no, you're going to go to school. So he takes me to school still, uh, and, and I find out later that day um, that there was a problem with my car that I could have prevented, but I didn't even know it was there. Um, I had an oil leak, and all of the oil, all of the oil, had leaked out of my car. And, like, the transmission, the belts, everything was destroyed. And my mechanic, he was so nice, he said, yeah, all you had to do was put oil in it. Which, you know, that's like a $10 fix. And now, there's a way bigger crisis and problem that I had to deal with that was several hundred dollars. And it took several weeks where I had to share a car with my parents, and I had to take the bus to school. And, you know, you're just, you're, you're like taking a step back. And all of it could have been prevented if I'd have known there was a leak. But I didn't realize there was a leak until the engine exploded. And what, what started as a simple leak turned into a catastrophe and turned into a crisis that took way more work to fix. Today, our goal is to help you to identify and self-assess what are the leaks in your spiritual life that you need to fix now before they turn into a bigger problem. Today's kind of like the yearly car inspection that you do, where sometimes you find out in that inspection that your car has problems that you didn't even real, realize. And it's not because maybe you were negligible, it's simply because your mind is focused on other things. And so what we try to do a few times throughout the year is what we call our friend and family check-in. And the goal of our friend and family check-in um, is simply this, for you to kind of step back 
and just evaluate your spiritual life and ask yourself, where do I need to grow? Where am I struggling? Where do I need to put more efforts? Because facing your spiritual barriers today avoids them turning into a crisis tomorrow. And, and, and our goal is not this. We aren't here to point out what your problems are because you probably already know, right? Like we're all, we're all pretty self-aware. I don't need to say, here's what you need to do better at. All we're trying to do this morning is create a space for you to slow down and highlight in your life where are the areas I need to put more attention. So we're just, help, we're just here to help you to walk through them. Um, because if you keep ignoring them, it's probably going to get worse. And right now, they may just be like a spiritual oil leak that, that's leaking slowly, and it's turning into a bigger problem. So, so I have two goals for today. Um, is One, to help you to create an urgency to work on the areas of spiritual struggle in your life. And the reason I say urgency is because I think many of you, even before we start this conversation, you already know where you need to, to focus more time and, and what are the areas that maybe you're holding on a little too tightly and not giving to God. So our, our job is not to make you feel guilty for those. It, it's for you to understand, like, deal with those now while it's still a smaller problem because they're probably not going to go away. So that's the first goal. The second goal is to help you identify... What's down the road if you don't deal with the leak now? Because some of us are dealing with those bigger struggles, those bigger problems, because we didn't deal with it when it was a leak. So that's our goal. Uh, and, and so we want to help you to see where those are um, and, and then help give you some resources that might help you to grow and improve in that area. So what I want to do is I'm just going to throw out um, a few words that to me are kind of like the spiritual equivalent of the engine exploding, of the bigger struggle, the bigger problem that is now consuming our life. Because an oil leak doesn't inconvenience your whole life, but when your car engine explodes, now your whole life has changed. So some of these are things that spiritually have developed to such a way that your whole world is being affected by this. Um, and, and I'm just going to throw out some words, and all, all I want you to do is mentally note, is that one that you feel, if you're being totally honest with yourself, that you're struggling with right now. I'm not going to ask for a hand raise, because that's between you and God, and that's be, that'd be weird anyway, right? So all I'm going to do is, is throw out some words, and I just want you to say, just make some mental notes. Um, greed. Is that one that, if you're being totally honest with yourself, is, is right there? Uh, loneliness. Maybe you're struggling. I know a lot of people are struggling right now with feeling purposeless, that, that you just feel like you're not sure. The meaning that maybe you felt a while ago, you're just not feeling it right now. Brokenness in your family, in your past, in, in the people around you, in the community. You're just sensing a, a, a lot of layers of brokenness. Um, burnout. Some of you are right on the edge of burnout. Or you're there and you're feeling it and you're exhausted. And some people know, but some people don't. Um, selfishness. Isolation. Um, see, these are the different spiritual engine explosions that you might be facing. These are the results of what happens when we have a deficit in one of the areas that God has called us to spiritual growth. And so, like, these are almost the attributes that manifest when we don't deal with the leak and we allow imbalance in our lives. Does that make sense? We're tracking? So what I want to do is I, I want to show the flip side. I want to show um, these are the habits, these are the nine rhythms um, that lead to spiritual health that God calls us to, that God wants us to live a life because when we have these things in our lives, the engine doesn't explode. We don't deal with the deep struggles that we are dealing with now, that our struggles are a result 
of us being imbalanced in at least one of these areas. So uh, those are to be generous. Um, oh, good, we got Way to go, Stevie. Uh, generous, uh, relational, intentional. And I'm racing through this because we're going to spend time a few minutes on each of these. Um, but, but are these words that describe your life? That's what I want you to ask. Are you being generous um, to God with what he's given you? Um, are you living a relational life where you're putting other people first and you're making other relationships a priority? Um, are you being intentional to reach out to the other people around you, especially those who are spiritually disconnected? Um, are you involved in what God is doing through this church family? Are you devoted to, to your family and the relationships in your life that are closest to you? Um, are you taking responsibility? Are you responsible for the needs of your community? Um, are you consistent in your relationship with God? Or are you dependent on Sunday mornings for us to tell you what God wants you to do? Uh, are you faithful? Are you faithful to God each day through prayer? Um, and are you being an encouraging person to the friends around you? All right, so you got all those, memorized them for a, we're not going to do that. I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I raced through that quickly because what we're going to do is we're just going to walk through each one of them. And what I'm going to ask you to do is slowly, don't race ahead of me, but slowly you're going to grade yourself on these. And those of you that have done this before, you know the routine. So we, we call this our friends and family check-in because we are actually going to ask you to check in with us, all right? So there's, there's two ways to do this. The first is if you go to that'sgrace.org slash check-in, that'sgrace.org slash check-in, um, you, you, and I, I'm asking you right now to pull up your phones. If you have a smartphone, this is the way easier way to do it. This is what 80 to 90% of the people that check in with us do. Go to that'sgrace.org, that's our website, that's our website, um, that's a word, uh, slash check-in. All right, and, and those of you, some of you, you know the routine. You've done this over and over and over again. Some of you have not. Now, if you don't have a phone or you'd prefer to do the paper copy, um, Leslie, oh, there, you're right there. Look at you. You're ready to go. Always ready to go. Um, if you would prefer a paper copy, here's what I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand really quickly. Slip up your hand. You can either do it on the phone or you can do a paper copy. We're going uh, to bring you one uh, for you to fill out at your seat, okay? And, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do as you're getting it. Do not race ahead. Do not race ahead. Some of you are like, I'm going to fill this out in two minutes so that it can be on Instagram the rest of the message. Don't do it. Fight the temptation, all right? Because we're going to walk through this together, all right? Um, so I want everybody to either have the paper one they're filling out that they're going to turn in at the very end of service or the digital one, all right? Um, now, we're, we're going to do a check-in, and here's the two rules. Here's the two guidelines, all right? Because I'm seeing a bunch of people that are looking down now, and you're already starting to fill it out. Don't. Not yet. All right? Look up here. It's like the teacher. It's like, okay. It's like, right, you're about to take your ACT, your SAT. Hey, listen to the rules first, okay? The first one is this. Go at my pace. Do not race ahead. Here's why. You may not know all of the information to answer it accurately until you hear how we describe it, okay? So don't just read the sentence and say, okay, I got it. No, let's go together. It's just like if sometimes you'll run ahead and you'll run the wrong direction. I know that uh, my wife and I, we love to take our two little girls on walks around town, and sometimes our daughter kind of likes to race ahead, and then she goes the wrong way because she doesn't actually know where we're going. So I'm asking you to go at our pace. The second one is this. Be honest. Because this is not something that like we sit down tomorrow and look at and laugh at your answers. We don't. All right. In fact, we don't even look at them because it's all automated. So when you fill this out, there's an automated response that is sent to you. That is so you can be completely honest with yourself. So those of you that, especially if you feel kind of relationally close to me and you don't want to disappoint me, then you're just going to say, hey, 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 like I'm good on all of them, Stephen. I'm killing it. Please 
don't, please let me still be a part of the church. It's nothing like that. The goal is that you're honest because if you're not, there's no point in doing this. It's that you're willing to highlight the areas of your life that you just need to grow. Can we, can we commit to those two things? Okay, so let's start our spiritual car inspection, all right? The very top of this, are you guys with me? You either got this or you got it digitally, all right? So you fill out your name. Hopefully you know how to do that, right? Uh, so the membership part. Um, this is the first section. A lot of people ask, what does it mean to be a member at Grace Church? Now, we've not had an opportunity for this since January, and so there's a lot of you that have started coming or watching online since January. This is kind of your first chance to self-identify that you want to become a member of our church. Some, I, I grew up in a church that you had to do like an eight-week class before you could become a member of the church. In the Bible, church membership was this. You guys want to know all the steps? They were saved, baptized, and added to the church that day. It didn't say they were saved, baptized, in an eight-week discipleship class with the pastor to make sure all of the theology. No. Saved, baptized, added to the church that day. So we try to reflect that as much as possible, that if that's the model of church membership, that somebody that wants to be, that means, that means you've made the decision to follow Jesus and you were baptized. So let me explain those decisions, because some of you are like, what do you, well, I go to church. Does that mean I've decided to follow? Let me explain what that means. All right, Galatians 2.16, it says this. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we've believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be made right with God because of our what? Faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Most people in the world think that what gets them into heaven is they do more good stuff than bad stuff in the world. The truth is, you will never be able to do enough good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff that we've done. We just won't. There will always be an imbalance in the scale. So grace-centered faith is the belief that our faith is what rescues us from the disobedience, the brokenness in our hearts, because it's not about your performance. It's not about what you have done. It's about what Jesus did for you, that Jesus lived the perfect life that you can't live, that you, that you are not able to live, that you won't live, that nobody besides Jesus has ever lived. And then he died the death. He offered the sacrifice on behalf of your sins as an atoning and as a replacement for the punishment that I deserve, the deficit that I have to God. So the decision to follow Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, means you're asking God to forgive you for the disobedience in your life, for the selfishness in your heart that we all have, that I have, that you have, that, that separates us from God because God created us for something so much better. And you're saying, God, will you help me? Will you help me to overcome that and put you first? I want to do what you have for my life, not what I have. And we call that at Grace Church going all in. That's why our baptism shirts say all in, because we, we believe that that is the decision. That's the moment. That's the beginning of your spiritual journey. We are saying, okay, I'm now putting God first. I, it, it's, it's not about coming to church when you started coming to church. It's the decision to go all in. Galatians 2.20 uh, says this. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. So you have a choice. Have you put God first or not? Have you gone all in yet? Have you started your new life yet? And if you haven't, at the end of this message, I'm just going to walk you through a prayer that I would pray if I were in your shoes of just asking God to forgive you for your sins. 
All right? Now, if you have made that decision, you know you have, then just check that. I've been saved from sin to follow Jesus. If that's something that you're like, I'm going to make that, I'm going to say that prayer, I want to do that, I'm in, I've just never made it like official, today's your day, check yes. Uh, the second step in that is I've been baptized underwater. Now, many people in this room have taken this step already. In fact, you've taken this step in this room. We are doing baptisms today, but not here. For safety and health reasons, we didn't want to have our little hot tub up here and have everyone share the same water for obvious reasons, right? So what we're doing is something we have not done in a long time at Grace Church. We're going to do outdoor baptisms. It's going to be this afternoon. I'll give you some more information on how to sign up for that at the end of the service, but it's going to be 3 o'clock at Ames Pond, um, which is right on the Stoughton Easton line. Um, and we'll give you the instructions. And we've already got like 25, 30 people signed up um, to, to be a part of this. And uh, it'll be nice and chilly and something that you won't forget. So that little afternoon lull where you're starting to fall asleep, that water will wake you up. All right? So if you've never taken that step and you've been waiting because we haven't had one of these uh, baptism services since January because of the pandemic and you're ready to do it, maybe you made that decision a while ago or maybe you're like, nah, I finally got to do it. A few people in this room have already signed up. This is it, all right? So at the very end, I'm going to show you where to text to make sure, if you haven't already, how to sign up for that, okay? Um, the, the third part of membership, I agree with the beliefs of Grace Church, and I'm choosing to be a member of this church family. Just so you guys know, church membership isn't an obligation that we're putting on you. We're not forcing you to do it. That's, that's ultimately your choice, okay? So if, that's, if you check all four boxes to that, and this is the first time you've ever done that in one of our check-ins, you just became a member. It's, it's that, because that's what it was in the Bible, okay? Now, we've gone through those. What I want to do is, um, is I want to show, here's the guidelines that God gives people who have made that deci decision, because it's not just a prayer you pray. It's not just about coming to church. It's a decision to a completely new way of life, a new purpose, a new meaning, new guidelines for how to live, and that's all we're going to spend the rest of our time doing is just taking a minute or two on each of those habits and, and talking about this is what God wants out of our lives, and, and how are we doing with it? That's all it is. I had a friend um, a few years ago that out of the blue, while he was running, um, he had a heart attack, and very young, healthy guy. It was like they didn't expect it at all. Um, he ended up being fine, but he was completely shaken up, and the doctor told him the next day, here's some things, some adjustments in your diet you need to make. Um, you need to eat less red meat. You need to eat less foods that have cholesterol in it because his family had a history of cholesterol. Some of you, you may be in the same situation. He had to adjust his diet. Now, ultimately, it's his choice if he wants to do that. Like, the doctor's not going to walk alongside him and say, hey, no steak for you, right? That's ultimately his choice if he's going to do it. All the doctor's saying is, here's the healthy diet you need, and here are the results if you choose to not live by that, is you might have another heart attack. You might not live as old as you want to live because your life will be cut short because of your decisions. So what I'm doing is I'm just going to walk through these habits. I'm going to say, here's kind of the spiritual, healthy diet that God calls us to live, and here's what happens if we don't. It's ultimately your choice, but the choice not to leads to other things in our lives. So let's start with the first one, which is generosity, um, being generous. Now, let me explain what that means. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says a family... Uh, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, I've heard business leaders take this way out of context and talk about investments. This has nothing to do with financial investments. This has to do with where you prioritize your finances. 
do you put God first or your needs first? What would God want me to do with my finances? Or what do I want to do with my finances? That's ultimately the question. Um, and, and here's how I answer it. It's very simple to me. Is where are your first fruits going? Where are your first fruits going? So sometimes God calls every Christ follower to show the evidence of our faith by putting the first portion of our income right back to God. Not because the church needs it, but as an expression of our faith. So he says, here's what I, if you truly are all in on following me, that'll be in every area of your life. And all I'm asking for is, is the first 10% goes to me as an expression of faith that you trust me to take care of you. And so you're willingly making the sacrifice to live on less than you need to because you're trusting that your security doesn't come from your, your take-home uh, income. It comes from me. So ultimately, that's, that's the standard of how generous we are being is when we, when we get paid, when we have our money, do we give our first fruits to God or towards the things we want? And that's kind of in every area of our life. It's that principle. And I was talking to um, a family this week that was saying we're trying to budget and figure out where we're going to put the tithe because things are so tight. And I said, well, the problem is you're doing it backwards. It's not about where can we get leftovers to put to God. My choice to put God first and my first fruits means I made the choice to live on the rest of the 90%. So like my first 10% goes right to God and then I figure out where I'm going to do with the rest. It's not like, okay, we've come to the end of the month. We didn't have enough to give to God. Well, that's because you waited. The first fruits means uh, like I never see 100% of my paycheck. I actually automate and I give it right back to, it's weird. I get paid by the church and I give it right back to the church. So it's like this weird little cycle. But uh, what I've done is I've allowed myself to never even account for that money as a choice that I'm going to use it on stuff that I want because I'm saying, God, you're always going to be first. My wife and I made that decision our first year of marriage. We've never wavered. Even when we went into debt, we said, God, we know that you're going to help us through this because our allegiance is is not in our bank account. It's to you. So for you, just answer honestly. Is that something you're doing? Is it something you're willing to do? Or is that something, if you're being totally honest, you say, I'm not ready for that, even though you know that's what God wants from you. All right, the next one, relational. Galatians 6.10. This is a verse we say often at Grace Church because we love the heart behind it. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially for those in the family of faith. This is about prioritizing a biblical community. And what this looks like for us at Grace Church is are you involved in a group? Do you have other Christians in your life that you're actively pursuing and praying for and and helping to grow in their faith? Have you positioned yourself in a way that there's other people that are helping you to grow? Or are you on an island, which is what a lot of people are? In fact, statistically, most of you in this room are spiritually on an island. And I know that because I look at how many people come on a Sunday versus how many are in a group still, and the majority are still not connected with the group, which means this is one. This is the step that some of you really need to take this fall, is you need to position your life in a way that you, you are a part of a group of people that you are relating with and you're sharing in your faith with. I know that that's a hard step for a lot of us, and I know there's, there's some nerves that even come with that, but, but, but life is better together than on our own. Right? So is that something you're doing right now, or you're saying, I will do, or you're not ready? And, and as you check these, when you submit this, whether it's in, in person with the paper one or online, um, we're going to send you follow-up steps. So if you say, will do, then you're going to get an email later this week that says, here's the step you can take, um, your next step t- to get better at this. All right? um, uh, the next one uh, is intentional. Um, and, and here's the truth. 
is, is the struggle with this one. Just like the struggle with relational. If, if we're not doing that, we struggle with, with loneliness. If, if, we're, if we're not being generous with our finances, we often struggle with greed. And if we're not being intentional with our lives to help other people find faith, um, we, also, we often struggle with purpose and meaning. Because we're just living for ourselves when God has this mission for our life. Matthew 4.19, the very first thing he said to the very first Jesus followers was this. Jesus called out to him. He said, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. So the question is, are you intentionally building relationships with spiritually disconnected people with the goal of helping them grow closer to God? Now, I think this is one that a lot of us, we have to say, I will do, but I'm not doing right now. And I think it's, it's because this pandemic, I think it's caused us. The tendency is to focus so much on my health and my safety that I almost disregard the people around me. Have you guys experienced that? Like, I almost feel like this pandemic and all of the rules and restrictions we're living under has almost given people permission to just be rude and blunt with people more than I've ever seen in my life where other adults are just being rude out of, out of this, this fear, this caution, this stress, out, out of the media that's raining. Like, it's, it's causing us to not be decent people even. So I think for some of us, we, we haven't even thought about sharing our faith with our friends because we're just, I got to take care of myself right now, and I got to hold on closely. Now, you've got, as a Christ follower, you have got to fight that tension because Jesus still calls you to be Somebody who's actively serving and looking for ways to help people around you, especially those who aren't following Jesus yet. So if, if some of us just have to be honest and say, that's something i got to get better at. Because my, my focus has been laser focused on making sure my family and I are safe and healthy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the tension is God doesn't say to stop there. He says there's more to life than that. And that might be why purposeless is, is a struggle that some of us have. The next one, which is almost the sequel to this one, um, is being involved serving my church family. So, so the last one is, is kind of thinking of the, the people who, who don't share the same faith of you. This is being an active part of what God wants me to be, being an active member of the team. Acts 4.32, it says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they had owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. We talked about this last week, that, that God designed you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So are you contributing to the ministry here, or are you consuming it? Are you a contributor or a consumer? That's the question. Some of us, if we're being honest, we're showing up, we're listening, we're taking in, and now's the time. We're ready to contribute to it. And maybe you've been coming long enough that you're saying, okay, I'm ready to help build this thing with us to be a part of the team. If that's you, um, put will do, and we'll show you the next steps of joining one of our teams. Um, the next one, devoted. Um, this one, the, the next two deal with the brokenness in our lives. So devoted, um, setting a godly example at home. If, you, if your family uh, has some brokenness in it, in relationships, uh, in hurt, uh, and, you know, I think all of ours do in a certain sense, right? Um, maybe it involves you or it's around you. Um, this often comes to the devotion that we have towards setting a godly example at home. First Timothy 5.8, it says, those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith, that our faith starts with the people that are closest to us. So are you striving to create healthy, biblically-centered relationships with your family members? How much effort are you putting here? 
The next one uh, is responsible. Um, and this is taking responsibility for your community, for the people around you. We, we talked about this just a few minutes ago in our prayer time. But the brokenness that exists in our community is because not enough Christians, I believe it's on us, not enough Christians are taking responsibility for the brokenness around them. I think we're, we're falling short. We're waiting for other people to do it. When God says, no, I want you to take responsibility for it. Jeremiah 29, 7. Work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. So the question I, I constantly come back to is, is my community a better place for other people because I live there? Would people even care if I moved? Like, would, would my neighbors even care? Would it make a difference? I feel like if I could pick up my life and move somewhere else and nobody around me would care, I'm probably not taking much responsibility for their needs and being the kind of person that's putting them first. If that convicts you, then, then check will do. Says that's something I need to get better at. I, I was convicted of this a few years ago because most of my relationships are with other Christians. Most of the time I spend working on a staff are with other Christians. And I realized I was almost living in this Christian bubble, not necessarily on purpose. It just kind of happens, doesn't it? Like as a, the, almost the, in fact, studies show the, the longer you follow Jesus, the less time you spend with those who don't know Jesus because we get more involved in the church. And you start out where most of your friends don't know Jesus because you're coming out of a lifestyle of, uh, with people that don't know Jesus and you're not walking with Jesus. And then you get involved in the church. You do all the things that we're saying God wants us to do. And then we don't have friends who don't know Jesus, so we're completely disconnected from them. So we have to be intentional with this one to put that first. So I, I joined a town committee um, with five people I never would have met if I didn't take that step because they don't, they don't come to our church. They don't come to any church. They don't share the same faith as me. But I want... I want our community to be a better place. I'm, I just joined uh, in March the, the board for the YMCA. They reached out to me and asked me if I'd, and I said, you know, I've actually been praying for more opportunities to serve the community outside of my church family, to help make connections with people, because I think we can make a big difference together. So if that's you, you know, just be honest. All right, just a few more here. Consistent. All of the, these last three have to do with your personal relationship with God. So consistent. Are you prioritizing spending time with God weekly in a service like this, whether it's in person or online? Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Man, this verse takes on new life this year, doesn't it? More than a year ago, let us not neglect meeting together. I never thought in my life that we would actually not even be able to physically meet for the seven months that we went without meeting. And so I, I, I read that and I'm thinking, wow, like that's important. I think that's why some of us are struggling with burnout and exhaustion and frustration is because we haven't had this. And so the consistency of having a Sunday morning gathering, whether it's virtual, which isn't the same, we know that, or being here, like to have that collective shared worship opportunity together, it helps us, it restores us, it allows us to not burn out. So I think burnout is at an all-time high because we haven't been consistent with it. So with this fall, like consistently commit, whether, whether it's here or online. Now, the fact that you're here, I'm so glad because we all know that the experience is so much more meaningful if you're willing to be in the room. You're just more committed, right? 
We know that. It's so easy and so tempting to kind of half-watch the service or to say, I'll watch it later in the week, and then you never do. So it's, it's that consistency. Okay, two more. Um, faithful versus uh, living a life of selfishness. Um, this one's about spending regular time with God. James 4, 8, it says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Or the NIV says, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. I love that verse. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. How often do you spend time with God each week outside of this? For some of us, if we're honest, it's like zero. How often do you spend time reading the Bible and praying each week? Find a consistent place and a consistent time. For me, I set my alarm at 5.30 each morning, and I go downstairs, and I've got like a recumbent exercise bike, and I spend about an hour, hour and a half on that. And the first 30 minutes of that is just devotional and prayer with God. It's kind of an open time where I just let my mind wander a little bit to what are the things in my heart I need to lift up to God. And then I spend some time reading, and I just feel refreshed. By the time like I'm getting ready for the day, I'm refreshed, I'm ready, my heart is aligned with God, but it's because I have a consistent place and a consistent time that I go every single day. So for that, like, make sure you have that in your life, because if you don't, the struggle of selfishness is real. In fact, the areas of your life that that you might find yourself struggling with and, and, and getting upset at and, and thinking of what you want more than what God wants is probably an area that you haven't really taken to God. And so by putting that first, you're creating a little bit of spiritual equilibrium. Okay, the, fa- the last one is encouraging. This one's about helping your friends grow in their faith. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another friend that are you helping your friends grow closer to Jesus? And here's the question I want you to think. Who in your life is actually closer to God because of your friendship? If you can't answer that, then that's probably one you need to step up. Because God wants you to be a great friend to the people around you. He wants you to be the kind of friend that your friends actually feel motivated to grow closer with God because they're around you, because you're encouraging them to do these same things. Um, The last thing I'll say with this before we wrap up is I know some of us, there's a real struggle right now. And spiritually, we we need someone to come alongside us and help us and encourage us before we can be in a position to encourage others. Um, So what I'm going to ask you to do is, is if you need a mentor that you're willing to meet with for just four weeks... And, and do just like a little Bible study and sit across from you, almost, almost like a, a, a counseling session, but way less intense and direct, just to, to help you get on track spiritually and ask you questions of how you're growing and pray for you and commit to reading um, chapters out of the Bible with you. If that's something you want and you desire, then what I want you to do is just text the word mentor to the number on your screen. Just text that word mentor, and it's that same number we use for everything. What that does is that goes right to us, and what I will do is follow up with you this week and match you up with one of our leaders that I think personality might be a good fit with you, and, and they'll just meet with you for a few weeks. And it's nothing invasive. This is for people. I know a lot of people come to me and say, I'm looking for a mentor. Some of you may already know who that is. Some of you are like, I'm just going to reach out to this person. That's awesome. You don't need us to facilitate it, but we're absolutely willing to. Um, we have a, a group of about 12 volunteer leaders that we've talked with that have identified with me that they want to be a mentor and they're willing to meet. So if that's you and you need someone, hey, I just need somebody for the next few weeks to help me get back on track, that's awesome. I did this with, uh, with a guy this summer. Um, a few of our leaders did too with students, with college students, with young adults, with people of all ages have kind of walked through this this summer and it's been cool to see how they've grown through it. Um, 
But look over those areas um, and, and just ask yourself, like, what's the thing that's holding you back? Ask God to help you to commit to growing healthier this fall. Because imagine if, imagine if in 2020, even in the midst of a pandemic and all of the chaos in our lives, imagine if this was the year you actually grew more in your faith. Imagine if this was the fall that you over, overcame some of those barriers, that you finally dealt with some of the leaks, even with all the things that are happening in the world. You've already persevered so much. So keep going. Keep going. Um, if you're ready to be baptized, um, just like we said, we're trying to do text in as much as possible so that it is, um, it is contactless. There's a graphic. Can you put that up real quick, Stevie? Um, just text that and let us know, and we'll follow up with you and, and give you the final instructions of where we're doing baptisms. We're doing it this afternoon at 3 and next Sunday at 3. If you're kind of like, hey, I already had plans, that's fine. We'll follow up with you. If you're like, I'm ready to take that step to go all in, to make my faith public, I want to join the family, and that's a step I need to take, let us know. Let us know. We'd absolutely love to celebrate that with you. Um, but keep pushing forward and uh, keep getting healthier. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, um, and then we are going to take communion together as a church family that you guys should have. Um, uh, look around your rows if, if you're missing one, or maybe there might be one like the row in front of you. Uh, Leslie, I think you've got some extras under there that uh, in just a moment, we don't have to do it yet. We'll, I'll pray first, um, then we'll pass out any extras needed, uh, and then we'll sing one more song, and we'll be dismissed. Sound good? Let's pray together. God, I thank you. Um, that you are good to us, God. And Lord, my prayer right now is for the people in this room who have never fully taken the step of going all in and putting you first. God, and I, I, I'm just going to pray with them the prayer that I would pray in my heart if I were in their same position, that God, I'm broken and I'm a sinner and I've fallen short of what you have for me, God. I know you got something better. So, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm asking you to come into my life. I want to put you first, God. I want to try this thing with you in the driver's seat, not me. Lord, forgive me. Help me to start a new life with you. God, for those who are praying a prayer like that for the very first time right now, I believe that this is the beginning of the journey with them. This is their first step. God, for those who've already prayed that prayer, I pray that right now they can begin to think, what, what is the next step I need to take to grow healthier? God, what, what's a leak I need to fix before it turns into something bigger, God? Lord, we just thank you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.